Greetings, everyone. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. This is another edition of our programming for you today. And we are here every Saturday and Sunday, 8 o'clock until 9 o'clock Central Standard Time. So thank you for joining me. We have some very interesting topics to share with you this morning. As we will talk about your sinuses and how you can improve your sinus health and support your overall mucous membranes of your sinus cavities. We'll talk about nighttime symptoms of high blood sugar levels and why you need to know more about the mineral selenium. And do you know the early signs of Alzheimer's disease? And remember, turn off the lights at night and lower your blood pressure without drugs. And there are three ways to build stronger bones. And we'll talk about coffee for your heart. We have a lot more on the schedule, but sometimes the time goes by so fast, we hardly get through all of the topics that we have prepared for you today. But we'll get to as many as we possibly can. But I also want to remind you that you can go to my website, TerryTalksNutrition.com. There you can listen to the show live anywhere around the world. Or you can go to the website and listen to the radio shows that you choose to listen to on demand or at your convenience. And you can also sign up for our newsletter. We send out a weekly newsletter on Friday to anyone who signs up We'll send it to your email address and just keep you appraised of some of the hot topics of health and nutrition. Remember, you are the only one that can improve your health. Doesn't that sound amazing? And we think we have to go to a doctor for a drug to improve our health. Drugs don't improve health. Drugs reduce the symptoms, but they don't get at the root cause. And the primary root causes of all disease, every one of the diseases that are being treated today with drugs, radiation, or surgery, many of them, outside of those with surgery, of course, if there is surgery required or necessary, you can't bypass that with nutrition. But 98% of all of our diseases, so-called diseases, I refer to them as metabolic disorders because the body is out of order. If you don't get the right nutrients in meaningful levels of those nutrients, the body malfunctions. And there are symptoms of those malfunctions that are now called diseases that are only allowed to be treated by drugs, you know, that's a nice marriage. Drug companies and the FDA, a nice marriage. They support one another. There are many PhDs and doctors that work for the FDA. When they leave the FDA, they go into the big pharma companies. And many of the big pharma companies that when employees leave there, they go work for the FDA. Hmm, 
that's very interesting. So how can you monitor, how can you, how can you regulate big pharma when the FDA is made up of employees from big pharma? That's like the fox watching the hen house, right? So you are the only one that can improve your health. But probably because you've never known that, you never knew how to take care of it. And nutrition is how you take care of your health. You can prevent almost all diseases. You can cure and reverse diseases by changing your diet, by improving your lifestyle choices. We make choices every day. Everything we do is a choice. And we have choices of how we want to live. The quality of our choices will improve the quality of our life and the quality of our health. So we have some big responsibilities. We can't cry about our health. We have to make some big decisions as how do we want to live. Yes, and some of those decisions are going to be difficult to make because it means making changes not being able to eat the junk food, all the sugar and desserts, the carbohydrates, and sit on the couch all night watching TV, eating bags of potato chips or whatever, and then not sleeping well, or not going to bed early enough, or not getting enough exercise. These are all the prescriptions of nature. And it doesn't take a lot to do to make changes. It takes discipline, takes some sacrificing, takes some time, and don't try to make changes for a week or two. You need to make changes for three to six months to see the really impact on how you can have improved health. Now, you may have abused your body too long, and you may have too much damage to certain parts of your body that will not reverse anymore. If you have put too much pressure on your joints, you've been grossly overweight, and now your joints are wore out, bone on bone, it's going to be difficult to repair those joints, but it can be done, but takes time, and means lots of time, maybe even a couple of years, especially for your joints. But you can live without pain, even though the joints are damaged severely. But all heart disease, cardiovascular disease, obesity, arthritis, rheumatoid and osteo, type 2 diabetes, high blood pressure, cancer, all these can be reversed and dramatically improved by making changes in our lifestyle choices. So that's what we're trying to get across every weekend, to bring you a message of hope. You are never, never hopeless unless you feel hopeless and you give up. If you want health back, you can get it. It's yours. You just have to strive for it. You just have to make up your mind that you're going to make changes. Put down that dessert. Put down that junk food. Put down that candy bar. Put down that bag of potato chips. 
Eat healthy foods, animal proteins, and, and all fats, animal fats and olive oil, coconut oil, avocado oil, all the great oils and fats that are available for us, and including cream and butter and lard and bacon drippings. And eat the skin on the chicken. Eat the skin on the ducks. They're all good for us. They're healthy for us. But give up carbohydrates and sugar, soft drinks, juices. They're all sugar. Sugar is the culprit that destroys our metabolic function that causes all of our diseases. So you and I are the only ones that can change your health. It takes work, especially work today because we have so much against us because everything out there is so highly refined, processed, prepared foods. Easy to make foods, cheap foods. And all the fast food that's available, that's convenient. There's lines going around some of these fast food restaurants trying to get in for their delicious foods, but not nutritious foods. All fried in grease, deep fried, not healthy. So let's start off this morning with how to take care of your sinuses. Now here are some signs that you may have a problem with your sinuses. Pain around and behind the eyes and on the face, by the cheekbone. Headaches, a stuffed up nose or nasal discharge and post-nasal drip. Toothaches, some people have gone to their dentist because of the ache and pain around their cheekbones. They thought they had a cavity or some kind of dental problem. But there can also be toothaches and tooth sensitivity, but not a dental problem. A cough at night and bad breath. So two things to understand about the sinus, especially sinus congestion. Inflammation and cilia. Underlying cause of sinus congestion is inflammation. And we have to face that 98% of all of our diseases is caused by two conditions oxidative stress and inflammation. Oxidative stress is caused by solar energy, or solar, excuse me, solar radiation, by chemicals, by pesticides, by eating the wrong diet, eating too much sugar, carbohydrates, and vegetable oils, all cause inflammation and oxidative stress. And even the oxygen that we breathe has to be tempered with antioxidants. So we need to eat a lot of antioxidants, and they come primarily in fruits and vegetables. Only 9% of Americans eat a sufficient quantity daily 
of fruits and vegetables. Some people don't eat any at all, which causes inflammation and oxidative stress. All the pollution, chemicals, tobacco, smoking, all these things cause oxidative stress, damages our cells to the point where our cells are aging, getting older before their time, and also they are damaged severely, and then there is inflammation, because inflammation is a healing process. And the inflammation, the anti-inflammation, is trying to repair the damage. But we have so much damage going on every day that we have chronic inflammation. It's everywhere. As one author said, it's a nation of inflammation. We are inflamed all the time because our body is sick all the time, damaged all the time by oxidative stress, which then causes inflammation to try to repair the damage. But we never, ever catch up. We are always damaging our joints, always damaging ourselves, always damage every cellular function in our body. And that causes chronic inflammation. Now, in sinuses, we also have to be concerned with viral infections and bacterial infections and exposure to fungi, especially when the immune system is very weak, compromised, underactive. Because as we don't eat well, we don't sleep well, we don't live well, there's nothing there to support a healthy immune system. And then we have allergies. Inflammation triggers increased mucus production, trying to heal the damaged area. There are some very hair-like projections inside the sinus glands. It's like a field of wheat. They flutter and move to push the mucus out of the sinuses. You ever see a field of wheat, maybe in a movie or, or, or actually you have, and you see the wheat blowing in the wind, waving? That's what these little hair-like projections are. They're inside the sinus glands. They flutter and move primarily to continually move out the mucus out of the cavities of the sinus so that you don't have the clogging and the congestion. And then the bacterial or viral infections can actually damage these hair-like projections. So they do not move or move very slowly. So congestion keeps building up over time, that you're clogged, so to speak. They do not drain the sinus glands well. They fill up with mucus. You have this constant congestion. Now, what about antibiotics for sinus infections? Well, first of all, 85 to 98 percent, very high percentage, of sinus infections, antibiotics are prescribed as a treatment. You got that? 85 to 98% prescribed by your physician 
antibiotics for sinus infections. Sounds good? Well, here's the problem. The majority of infections of the sinuses are viral, not bacterial. So antibiotics only kill off bacteria. So in most cases, like a UTI, urinary tract infection, is pretty much a bacterial infection. Antibiotics would probably work there effectively, if that's your choice. And I think in most cases, that may be a good choice. But not from the sinuses. The majority of the infections are viral, and antibiotics don't work on viral infections. Antibiotics won't help. 64% of people with allergies and sinus problems do not do anything to relieve their symptoms. And here's why. Maybe because two out of five sinus sufferers say their sinus or allergy medication does not work. That's spot on. These medicines, they sell a whole bunch of them, money makers, but they don't work. Now, what works? It's a natural combination of two plant oils, which will stop sinus congestion. Concentrated plant oils, safe for internal use. And the oils are eucalyptus and myrtle. They're natural anti-inflammatories. They both have antiviral and antibacterial activity. Nature is so spot on. If you give nature a chance and you have to have the right dosages, the right ratio, and the right quality of oils, Commonly, people buy stuff online, and they're buying junk, unless you know the brand you're buying is a superior brand. But there are a lot of companies online now, because it's so easy to make a buck online, because nobody online cares if you're on their internet line, like Amazon. They don't study every product that goes on their on on their site. There is crap, pure crap, online. Because that's the easy way for somebody to sit home and make money. And also, when you take myrtle and eucalyptus of high quality, pure eucalyptus and myrtle oil together in the right ratio and combination, it will have an anti-inflammatory effect in the sinuses, reduce the inflamed cavities, stop the viral and bacterial activity, and increase the activity of these little hair-like projections to move out the mucus. So the mucus moves out more quickly, opens up the airways so you can breathe, 
Now, this is ideal for any type of respiratory congestion. That means asthma, COPD, colon flu. And the dosage you need is some to somewhere between 160 and 300 milli, 320 milligrams up to three times daily or when needed. You'll probably be pretty much accustomed to how you feel and how much you take to make the difference. Some people take this dosage up to three times daily. And after they find that they have reduced all the symptoms, they may stay on just one dosage daily, not three times daily. But it's all a matter of trial and error. There's no science to medicine. If there was a science to medicine, every individual will take exactly the same amount, but everybody is different. And you have to try things. These are safe, very, very safe. And you get rid of all your sinus congestion and symptoms of your sinus infection. Now let's talk about high blood sugar, especially at nighttime. And these are nighttime symptoms you should not ignore. They have a tremendous meaningful effect that you should be aware of. Here are some signs of increasing blood sugar levels. The first signs that your blood sugar levels are getting too high often appear at night. Poor sleep. Waking up often to urinate or drink water. Headache. Dry mouth. Nausea. Now there are many people that go to bed at night. And this is my million dollar secret. I'll give it to you for free. Many people go to bed at night and they fall fast asleep. But in about three or four hours, they pop wide awake and can't go back to sleep. They toss, they turn, they do everything they think they try to get back to sleep and they just can't go back to sleep. They're wide awake. Don't, don't turn on the TV. Don't look at your phone. You are still going to go back to bed or stay in bed rather and go back to sleep. But you say, I can't. I toss and turn. Well, here's the secret. Your blood sugar level has gone up very high through the night. Since you probably went to bed, and before going to bed, you ate some carbohydrates and sugar, some snack foods that were too high in carbohydrates and sugar. So your blood sugar level spikes when you go to bed. And about three or four hours later, it crashes because the blood sugar level now has dropped really low and that makes you pop wide awake. Many allergies and asthma attacks occur during the night because the blood sugar levels get too high at nighttime. And what you need to do is get up or maybe have it ready by your bedside, but you need to eat Yes, you need to eat at 2 in the morning or 3 in the morning, but only maybe a little slice of cheese 
and a tablespoon of nut butter. That is a recipe of protein, fat, from both the cheese and the nut butter. And when you go back to bed, you're going to go fast asleep. People go, with, within five, ten minutes, they're back to sleep. Because it stops the blood sugar level from crashing. And you will not have poor sleep or dry mouth or headache. And you won't wake as often to urinate. So bring down your blood sugar at night and you're not going to have these problems. But nighttime snacks should be protein and fat, not sugar and carbs. And you will not have a crash, a blood sugar crash. A blood sugar crash drops your blood sugar level too low through the nighttime and you need something more to eat. Now you're trying to go maybe seven or eight hours without eating. But if you ate carbs and sugar before bedtime, that's going to be utilized in an hour or two. And that's why you, that's why you will wake through the night. So some people even have a better result when they exercise in the evening. But leave at least one hour between exercise and bedtime. You've got to cool down. You've got to settle after exercise. In fact, in a 2018 study found that adults who exercise in the evening fell asleep faster and had deeper sleep than people who did not exercise in the evening. As long as they completed their exercise program at least one hour before bedtime. You may exercise, maybe you're on a treadmill, maybe you're jumping rope, whatever. Or you went for an evening walk. But also, too, do not forget, do not eat carbs and sugar before you go to bed. Eat a handful of nuts. Eat a slice of cheese. Have that last drumstick that wasn't eaten for dinner. Eat some protein and fat. And if you wake up, you need more protein and fat. That's why I recommend a small slice of cheese, just a small slice, not very much, and a tablespoon of, of nut butter. Even brief periods of high-intensity exercise can lower blood sugar levels for the next 24 hours. You want to put yourself in a better shape and getting more protein and fat and less carbohydrates and sugar, and you will have a better night's sleep without anything else. One of my most favorite minerals. You know, maybe I should pause here and come back in just a few moments. I need to take a break here for some um, for the station to list some commercials, but stay tuned right here. I'm going to come right back. This is Terry Talks Nutrition. I'm Terry Naturally. And when we come back, I'll talk to you about selenium. So stay with me. And welcome back, my friends. This is Terry Naturally with Terry Talks Nutrition. And we're here to the top of the hour, and we have a lot, lot more information to share with you. So stay with us. If you have to leave us, you can always listen to the program later. 
You can go to the radio show section on my website, Terry Talks Nutrition, and listen to any show you want. At your convenience, anytime, take it with you. Um, you can walk with it. You can run with it. Um, any way you'd like to take it. It's also on, the, on my um, YouTube channel, YouTube, DairyTalksNutrition.com. Um, you get information in a lot of different ways. And you can also read our newsletters also on the website as well. But when I went into the break, I was going to talk about selenium, S-E-L-E-N-I-U-M, selenium. Selenium is a mineral that's not very often referred to, and it's a shame because it has such a powerful effect on our health. And we only need a minuscule of selenium a day. 400 micrograms is the top level of selenium. You should not exceed that. You should not go over it because it is also toxic. So the right level is a good level. If you go over the toxic level, not healthy for you. So stay below 400 micrograms of selenium, not milligrams, even smaller micrograms. It's a key mineral, commonly referred to as a trace mineral, because we only need a trace of it in our body. It's a very powerful antioxidant. Foods that are very rich in selenium. Brazil nuts. If you eat three Brazil nuts a day, that'll give you a good level of selenium. It's not enough for me because you're only getting about 65 micrograms in three Brazil nuts, but it's good. I'd like to take up to 400 daily. Other sources are tuna, oysters, pork, beef, and chicken. You know, there are more nutrients in animal protein than in fruits and vegetables. Why is that so important? Well, first of all, our thyroid gland needs iodine, which is another mineral, and L-tyrosine, which is an amino acid found in protein foods or in a supplement. And selenium makes the two work together. It is like the the driver of the iodine and L-tyrosine to combine and make thyroxin the natural hormone of the thyroid. 70% of all women have been estimated to have low thyroid function of the hormone, excuse me, of the thyroid. Thyroid hormone levels are very low in women and about 50% in men. Thyroid produces thyroxin. But it can't produce it without having some starting materials. You don't build a house out of air. You need starting materials. You need tools. You need shingles. You need building materials. In order for the thyroid to function, you need tools 
in order for it to produce thyroxin, the hormone of the thyroid. And you need iodine. We have very, very, very little sources of iodine in the American diet. And you need L-tyrosine. And then you need the synergistic effect of selenium. I would take iodine, L-tyrosine, selenium together. It improves thyroid hormone metabolism. It also improves immune system function. And also DNA synthesis. And cancer protection. Studies done with 200 micrograms was able to show it reduced the risk of many forms of cancer. It is a condition that can be not approved by the FDA, but the FDA does allow manufacturers to share with their consumers that 200 micrograms of selenium can reduce many forms of cancer but it's not conclusive. There's still some more research that has to be done. But it's one of those things that I know I want to use to lower the risk of forms of cancer and also to make sure a balanced thyroid function. Also, selenium is involved with fertility and reproduction. Now, signs and symptoms of a deficiency of selenium. So here are some signs you may need more selenium. When your hair falls out, women always are concerned about their hair falling out. They see more hair on the pillow, in the shower, sink, hairbrush, Oh my gosh, my hair is falling out. This is a very common symptom, the long haul symptom of COVID-19. Now, COVID-19, the reversal of this condition was very well researched with selenium. Selenium prevented the virus from be becoming a killer. Animal studies shows that when they feed animals selenium, they don't die from the virus. But without selenium, almost all of the litter died and actually caused a more strong mutation and replication when they did not have selenium in the diet. Fatigue, weight gain, sick all the time. And selenium deficiency is associated with increased risk of bacterial and viral infections. Now all these symptoms too, you have to realize, are all symptoms of low thyroid. The thyroid contains a high concentration, in fact, the higher concentration in the body of any other source or function of the body of selenium than any other part of the body. 
the thyroid. There's more selenium if it's available in your diet as more concentrated in the thyroid. So how should you take selenium? Well, for a thyroid function, I would suggest around two or 300, maybe 300 micrograms of selenium with 30 milligrams of iodine and 400 milligrams of L-tyrosine daily. For immune benefits, 60 to 65 micrograms daily plus other immune nutrients, including zinc, vitamins A, C, D, and E, with with also selenium. It's a very, very important mineral. We hear very little about it. It's not frequently talked about, even in the contents of talking about what can we do for viral infection, like COVID-19, We talk about vitamin C, we talk about vitamin D, we talk about zinc, but selenium selenium is just as important as zinc. A good combination of zinc and selenium would be also very valuable. So this is a, a mineral that has been overlooked far, far too long, and now we are paying the price for it because we don't get enough of it in our in our regiment, so we need to see how we can improve that function as well. Now we talked about some signs and symptoms of a deficiency of selenium. And also, do you know the early signs and symptoms of Alzheimer's disease? Mild cognitive impairment a warning sign. You don't think as effectively as you did when you were younger. You are not able to clarify certain meanings and words, short-term memory loss, just not able to think as well as you have in the past like keeping track of things, remembering conversations, completing everyday tasks, such as paying a bill, navigating a usual familiar place. You forgot how you got there. You love going to that restaurant, but you can't find how you got there the last time. You're forgetting things, not able to remember easily. And in a survey of 2,400 adults, 80% had never heard of mild cognitive impairment. Mild cognitive impairment is an early stage of memory loss, declining brain function. This is not normal aging. Oh, you're just getting older. That's part of aging. No, there are people that are in their 90s and 95 and they're as sharp as a tack. Why? There are some people in their 40s and 50s. They don't get anything straight. They don't remember anything. 
you could tell them something the day before and they forgot what you talked about. This is not normal aging. About 30% of people with mild cognitive impairment go on to develop full-blown Alzheimer's disease in the next five years. Now, everything is not hopeless. There's ways to change this. There's ways to improve your memory, to improve your cognitive function, improve your ability to think better, to learn better, to understand more effectively. It can be reversed. Mild cognitive impairment can definitely be reversed. All diseases can be improved dramatically or reversed. We just have to take our responsibility, improving our own health, addressing the underlying causes, can return brain function and memory to normal. And reversible causes of mild cognitive impairment include side effect of prescription medications. If you're taking drugs, you're accelerating your, your impairment of brain dysfunction. Anxiety, high blood pressure, sleep, lack of sleep, deprivation, diabetes. For additional help, what I would recommend to reduce the risk of memory problems, I would take a combination of curcumin along with 2,000 units of vitamin D, Spanish sage oil, rosemary oil. Rosemary oil was always referred for centuries and centuries and centuries as the oil of remembrance. So this combination could prove extremely significant to those that are experiencing mild impairment of the brain. Now, remember when I said, turn off the lights at night? Not because I thought you would forget <laughs> with the uh, short-term memory, but turn off the lights at night for a good reason. Because lights on at night is harmful to your health. Don't leave night lights on for kids. And don't sleep with a TV on. Some people put it on and fall asleep and it plays all night. Some people can't sleep unless there is the TV on. And if you can't sleep, good gosh, don't turn the TV on. Don't look at your phone. Don't play games. Get up and get a protein drink, a protein snack with fat, like cheese and nut butter. Because if you can't sleep at night, it harms your health. In fact, healthy volunteers were monitored as they slept in a laboratory overnight. They were monitored for their heart rate, breathing, sleep stage, and melatonin levels. 
The subject of this study slept with IVs attached so blood could be drawn without waking them up. The first night, the room was totally dark. No light on at all. The second night, dim overhead light. Dim overhead light. Equivalent in brightness to a street light outside the window. Now the results of the study. Even though the subject of the study slept with their eyes closed, the small amount of light on the second night led to a reduction in slow wave and rapid eye movement sleep. The sleep stages in which most cellular renewal occurs. Heart rate was higher. Insulin resistance was increased. And melatonin levels were not significantly reduced, but melatonin secretion started later in the dim light versus the dark room. So this disturbs your sleep dramatically with lights. Turn off the lights. Have a dark room. Even if you pull the drapes, sleep in a dark room. You'll get much better sleep and overall health from sleeping in the dark. So keep your room, your, your bedroom dark at night. Close the blinds. Pull the curtains shut. Turn off all the lights. And the blue light is the most stimulating light and should not be allowed in bedrooms, TVs, phones, whatever. I have never, ever had a TV in my bedroom. And my phone, I turn it off at night and I keep it in I keep it in another room other than the bedroom. No televisions, no phones, no tablets, no laptops. If a nightlight is required, use a dim light near the floor. Not at eye level. And consider a brown or orange bulb versus the blue or white. There are probably 150 million people today with high blood pressure. But now we can tell you there's really good research that shows that you lower your blood pressure without drugs. How do you lower your blood pressure? Well, I've been preaching a low-carb diet forever. And here's another case for it. Reduce your intake of carbohydrates and sugar to lower your blood pressure. I can tell you that from all the studies on the ketogenic diet, which is a low-carb diet, high in animal protein, animals of any kind, high in natural fats, animal fats, and also very select oils like olive oil, coconut oil, 
um, avocado oil, macadamia nut oil. These are all the good oils. Also eggs, meat, whatever. All the good fats. We were healthy in the early 1900s when we ate meat and fats. And then when we were discouraged to eat fats in the mid-1990s, everybody ate carbohydrates, and then everybody went in a different direction. We have 50% of Americans obese today, and if we don't change as to how we are living our lifestyle by the year 2050, only 30 years from now, everybody in America will be obese. It's just mind-boggling to me. In all the research on 10,000 case studies on the low-carb diet has proven there is not a disease or unhealthy condition that will not dramatically improve over time, not in a week, not in two weeks, maybe three months, maybe four months, maybe six, maybe a year. But if you give up the carbohydrates and the sugar, you will renew your health, you'll have better energy levels, you'll feel fantastic, all that aches and pains will be gone, you'll lose weight, you'll be fit, you'll be in better shape. So what are you waiting for? So in this study, researchers worked with 154 patients with type 2 diabetes. Patients were given a low-carb diet and regular nutrition sessions to encourage them to dramatically reduce dietary sugar, including starchy carbohydrates like bread, cereal, potatoes, rice, and high glycemic index fruits like oranges, grapes, bananas. This is where all the sugar comes from. Now, you might think grapes are great, bananas are great, oranges are great. There is a lot of sugar in the foods that you're eating. Potatoes has a higher index of sugar than a candy bar, like a Snickers bar. These are high glycemic index foods. And these 154 patients were encouraged to eat good quality meat, non-processed meat, or seafood, eggs, at least three a day, fish, olive oil, butter, and nuts. No calorie counting, no calorie restriction required. The results, after two years of the diet, up to 12% reduction in blood pressure, even in people who were not overweight at the beginning of the study a 32% reduction in inflammatory triglycerides, an 8% increase in the good cholesterol, the HDL, a 21% reduction 
in prescription drug use, primarily drugs for high blood pressure. A 10% reduction in blood weight, body, excuse me, body weight. And the participants regularly reported that they did not feel hungry. You don't have to walk away from the table hungry. You don't have to deprive yourself of food. You need as much as you want of the foods you're allowed to eat. In fact, you can go to my website, Terry Talks Nutrition, and click on my diet. And this is the way I eat all the time. Low carbohydrates. I eat less than 75 grams of carbohydrates per day. The average American consumes 400 to 500 grams of carbohydrates per day. I haven't taken a drug in 50 years. I use no medication. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. My cholesterol is 284. Ooh, that's high. The doctor, I'm sure, would say I need to be on satin drugs. And I would tell the doctor what lake to jump in. I'm doing just fine. Most people that have low cholesterol have more heart attacks, more strokes, and die earlier than those that have high cholesterol. When you eat the right diet, you can get off most of your medication. But I'm not telling you to stop your medication on your own. This is something you should work out with your doctor. So you can, you can change your life. Now, you're going to have to give up some food that maybe you love. But what do you love more? The aches and pains? The high blood pressure? The risk of having a heart attack or a stroke? Or having Alzheimer's disease? Or having type 2 diabetes? Or cancer? This is a way to prevent all kinds of diseases, not just blood pressure. So think about it, folks. It's your health. It's your body. It's your freedom. Take care of it the way you want. And with that, my friends, I'm all out of time. I've got to run. Uh, so I'll tell you what. Um, remember, say a prayer for this crazy, crazy world. And remember the people in the Ukraine. We should not forget them. We need to do something for them greater than what this administration is doing. And God bless you. God bless this great country, America. Thank you for listening to Terry Talks Nutrition Weekly Show. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review on your favorite podcast platform, including Apple, Google, and iHeartRadio.